Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You sound fine. Moving your head about there, by the way, there wasn't Did much I? of it. Right. It's because I'm a, a industry professional, mate. I know <laughs> yeah. that. Episode 265 of the flagship podcast, and I am joined by, for the first time in well over a year, Martin Nelly. New season's greetings. And Stephen. Glad to be here. I'd feel out of practice with us here to let the listeners in on a, a secret here. We've worked very hard to not have any kind of break to service here, but this is the first time we've recorded in the same room for as long as I can remember. It is, what, March. 16 months or something? Yeah, last March 2020. And you can feel the chemistry. Oh, in the buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> There's nothing like that 20-minute Tim's chemistry. You can <laughs> cut it with a knife. The sexual tension's absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Yes, I'm not, I, I, saw, I put a picture of this in the Discord saying, you know, for new people to listen to this podcast, we're, we're now filming for YouTube. There's a camera in the corner here. This one won't be in YouTube. This is the dress rehearsal as of next week. Uh, all content for the flagship will be up on the YouTube. Someone says, Jimmy, been hitting the weights? <laughs> oh, it's always better when somebody notices, isn't it, Melly? Well, it was actually Stephen they said. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Yes. Oh, oh, no. It's actually very difficult. I, I do go to the gym, but it's actually very difficult for me to get anything done because people come in and think, well, he knows where the weights are kept i'm going to ask him to show me about it and by the time i'm in there now i just get very little done <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> I, I suppose there's um the more things change with this podcast the more things change with celtic the more things stay the same and um, it's starting to feel a bit like groundhog day it wasn't only a couple of months ago that we joked in this podcast that we, we might as well prepare for uh, Champions League qualifiers with Nir Bitton and Stephen Welsh <laughs> at the centre of defence. Now, it appears as though Celtic have tried to rectify this, Melly, but, but judging by Ange Postacoglu's comments today, it's almost like Peter Lowell's still in the room. Uh, for those who don't know, maybe you can you can fill people in. Yeah, we, we along with many other Celtic fans, joked months ago, even probably at the start of this year, because we all know January's the big window for Celtic going into the Champions League qualifiers. And what did we do? We sold two right-backs and brought in one on loan, so that we knew... Look, look at the end of this season, Ayer's going to be away and we're looking at Ralston, Beaton Welsh and probably Taylor as our back four. And you're sort of half joking about it, but kind of as Celtic, so it's a possibility. Mm. And again, with I'm not going to blame Don Mackay or Ange Postacoglu at all here, but again with the board, they're looking at the fans and going, oh, those guys were right, by the way. See, <laughs> when they said about Neil Lennon had to go, that was right. And now they're looking at this going into a huge qualifying games. Underprepared isn't even the word for it. It's disgraceful the way we're looking. 
So Ange was asked today about the transfers and Ange says, we've probably hesitated a couple of times and we could have moved faster on some things. Uh, that hasn't helped us. And, you know, if there's one thing that you don't want to hear, Stephen, as a Celtic fan, it's this crap about transfers yet again. It's, it's all our worst fears being confirmed for is the board must be having kittens at these comments mm-hmm. for Ange Postacoglu. Now, I'm like Melly, I'm not going to blame Ange Postacoglu for the current state of the squad. How... How could you? He's the guy's in a matter of weeks after having spent all the summer chasing Eddie Howe and all that. So he's he's already on a hiding to nothing. But he is now coming out and confirming for us everything we've ever said yep. about the transfer business at Celtic. He's now look all we're ever fed every season is that we couldn't get this one over the line. We tried really hard to get that one. All we need is two or three bits of quality in certain mm. positions. We don't need a, an entire overhaul. Meanwhile, we've got a guy and actually for once giving it to us straight telling us we need players we need them three weeks ago and it's not happening he's not even talking about the bits of quality you know usually no, managers no. say we need to get the bits of quality and I'm just saying I need bodies and, yeah. and, and this stuff about the, the delays now me and you were talking a couple of days ago Melly and when did Ange join was it four weeks ago just under four weeks ago. Just yeah. under four weeks ago. He said the other day that transfer deals are taking about 10 to 14 days to complete so that's two weeks from identifying a player to getting them to land at Lennox Town to begin training so you can say maybe it took them two weeks to identify the players. So not one ounce of preparation had begun before Ange Postacoglu walked in the door. Now, some of that melee is forgivable, right? But some of it's not. We promised Christopher Iyer we'd sell him in this summer. We said to him last year, we had a conversation at some point last year with Chris Iyer, we're going to let you go in the summer. That conversation probably took place in May. So we, we promised the, the best central defender at the club that he's allowed to leave this summer. And we still don't have a, a a replacement for him going into this game. Now, Christopher Iyer was mumping and moaning about not being able to move. I don't really have any concerns about that. We'll sell him. It looks like we're going to get 13.5 million for him as he goes to Brentford. But the fact that we've not got the guy, the replacement in. Now, you can say, Melly, you know, we need certain types of player to fill in here, certain types of player to fill in there. How many different variations of a central defender are there? Just go out and get a really good centre half in. Yeah. Ange, and I bet Ange Postacoglu would much rather come here where Raphael Varane at centre <laughs> yeah. centre half and go I was actually hoping for somebody more in the mould of fucking Chiellini he's, he, but he'd, I could work with that but he's got nobody now and now we're scrambling about no and it looks like it looks like what we've always thought Stephen said it was confirmed and it just looks that way it looks like Neil Lennon left or even before that January Celtic know these games are coming but again just oh no these games have appeared out of nowhere when they haven't what was going on between Neil Lennon leaving and Ange Postacoglu and Dom Mackay coming in absolutely nothing from the board nothing because nothing's changed apart from those two coming in and now when I spoke to Leo Abada on Friday at the fan media thing he said they first heard about the interest about two weeks ago so that confirms it takes maybe two weeks to sign a player Mm. which is fine but where's the rest of it because that was him we've got the Japanese boy coming in as well, really excited about that. But our main priority for this window was always defence, always defence. We need a right back, we need a left back and we need at least one centre half because we know we've lost a player in each of those positions. They weren't good apart from Christopher Ayer, but this was critical and we're going into these games, huge games, with a makeshift defence again every single season. Stephen... Don McKay's come in, right? And as far as I can tell, okay, we've been to a few fan press conferences and, and that sort of changed a wee bit and Don McKay's you know, sort of spoke to us and says, well, I want to... That, that's good, okay, right? The, 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 the slightly improved communication is good. But what, what I'd prefer is 
some like Don McKay's the CEO of Celtic, right? That's a big role. You want him to come in with a big announcement. You want a big early win if if you're if you're Don McKay. Do you not? I mean, okay, Ange Postacoglu, you brought in that guy and he could be a revelation as a manager. Time will tell on that one. But where's the bit? Where's the easy win? Where's the where's the top quality centre half? Where's the getting the players in for this this thing? I mean, Don McKay might have only officially started you know, whatever of July, but he was doing some work some months ago. He could have said, you know, guys, my priority for me starting, I really want a ready-made list of players ready to go. That's my priority. He's not just making Peter Hall's coffee. He was, he's, he's, a, he's a professional guy. He'd have been doing that as well. He would Definitely have been doing, doing that, that as well. well. You know, That's Shane, day one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll show you where the coffee's made. <laughs> but, you're, but I'm thinking, like, where's the, where's the easy win? Well, my priority, guys, as Don McKay, is I want a ready-made list of players ready to go so the minute I come in, nine o'clock Monday morning, I can start phoning agents and get these deals done for Ange. N never happened. For me, that's a mis that's a misstep. Well, I hate always making the, the very obvious comparison, but you look at Brendan Rodgers and we'd basically Moussa Dembele in a, a matter of, you know, it seemed like minutes later, it seemed mm. like all these guys were kind of lined up. But in that regard, see when you're talking about how things maybe seem longer than they took, I mean, Ayer would have been told in 2020 that he's leaving yeah. this summer it's not like three weeks ago and we've struggled to replace him we would have told him back then that oh, you know, stay for the 10 stay for the 10 write yourself into history and all that kind of stuff and then we'll, we'll sell you and that's the only that's the only way I'll understand if I was feeling a bit miffed about it if he's been promised that move then you know it's it's a kind of legitimate grievance but he needs to kind of go on with it but you're right we do need a little bit more Let's talk more action, I yeah. suppose. I think we needed... I mean, I'm, I'm not one of these guys who just kind of fixates on the backroom staff and all that kind of stuff, but we were saying the last time we did a flagship, in fact, that, right, this is a good start, but where's the rest of it? Mm -hmm. As Melly has already said, that's what... We're now four weeks on from our last flagship episode and nothing's really happened in, in that regard. We've changed manager and CEO and that's it. And now we're scrabbling around looking for players at the last minute. And I, I do sympathise with Celtic's position here. We're trying to get decent quality players in a summer that's been very tight. There's been a Euros and all that on. But at the same time, this isn't a surprise for yeah, Celtic. We, no. we go into this every year. But so the thing is, whilst we are saying on one hand, it's difficult for us to get players in on time, we've got players at our club moaning that we're not selling them yet. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've, we're struggling to get them in one door and struggling to keep them from going out the other. <laughs> it's, the, it's the whole thing we've... All Celtic fans pretty much have spoke about the whole summer. Like Ange Postacoglu, most people are on board with it. Brilliant, but the structure isn't there for him to thrive. It's not there. He's going to come in and he's going to go. The comments today just show that I don't think he's been naive in what he's coming into, but yeah. I don't think he's realised that the mess Celtic were in. Like he's coming over here with little or no help and he's coming in and who's he going to? You're saying, I want a list of players. Who's providing this list? There's mm. no director of football. I don't think there's a chief scout anymore. So Celtic did put up a list of jobs that they're obviously trying to hire. But again, it, again this too late, isn't it? Yeah. Why was this not done in March? I, I think, you know, I just said that they're doing everything in their power to get through these games. Some of the comments, especially after the Preston game, he's no, he's no filling me with a great deal of hope. It, it sort of shows you as well, maybe some, maybe we 
we've looked at Ange Postacoglu and thought he's a lol guy or whoever. He's one of these guys that will do what the board says. But with these comments and everything you read about me, he clearly isn't. Like, yeah. No manager is yeah. going to come in three, four weeks into a job and come out with that in the press. I mean, have you ever seen that before from any manager? Normally they'd maybe sugarcoat it a bit. He's not. He's hitting hard because he's going to be the one in the firing line if this goes wrong tomorrow night. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault. The squad he's got here he's inherited is not good enough we've known that all along so we needed to get players in quickly to help him out and we have failed to do it we have failed to do it we've brought in two players over the last week maybe one of them will play he's a winger yeah. he's a winger are you familiar with the Jeff Bezos song uh, that's doing the rounds on TikTok just now from uh, from no. Bull Burnham it's a, I think it's CEO and entrepreneur born in 1974 Jeffrey Jeffrey Bezos <laughs> no. have you never heard that song no, it's I've, I've, I've reworked it for Don McKay a CEO and real nice guy, born in 1979, because he is. Don, Don McKay, does that rhyme? Almost. CEO indeed, and had, real nice guy, born in 1979. <laughs> We're, we're, we're content creators and yeah. what happens is this is how it starts Stephen first you start with a podcast then you move into YouTube then we visit the Japanese suicide forest and then we box Follied Mayweather <laughs> I, I think that's yeah, I, I think that's how this trajectory goes um, Floyd Mayweather would definitely do it as well oh, he, he loves a pound note oh. he absolutely loves a pound note so I, I think it's only a matter of a phone call away and what age is he? Oh, I'm getting past the nerve. Uh, angry. Have, have a wee go at him. Three is going to take him. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the three was, I guess. Um, look, we don't want to give Don McKay too much of a hard time because he no. could turn around. No. He does listen to the podcast. Uh, he could turn around and say, look, guys, I've brought in... How many players have we brought in? Five. Mm. Five players. We've brought in Lawell, Urogide, Melly, fill me in here. The list is grown. Abada, Liam Shaw, Liam Shaw and... Kyogo Furuhashi. Yes, and we're bringing in Furuhashi. The question I would then say, Melly, is how many of those guys are starting 11 players that, we've, that are in the club right now? How many are starting 11s? I reckon maybe none. Hey, I'd say Furuhashi when he gets here, but again, he's coming over from Japan. He's got to deal with all, all the things. When he gets here, out. I think I'm excited about him. We'll talk about him in yeah. more depth in a minute, but I'm talking about the guys that are here already who could potentially play against Metaland tomorrow. I don't think any of them will start. Hey, I think. Abada might start just out of sheer necessity despite mm. the fact that he's had one training session on Friday played on Saturday and I'm guessing he trained this today Monday so he's going to go into a game not knowing the game plan but the sheer lack of options means he has to play I don't know what his his match fitness is like he got what, 30 minutes there on Saturday he looked mm. he looked sharp but you're going into a Champions League qualifier it's going to be a tough ask Mitchelland have already played one league game so they're ahead of us in that aspect and We've seen with the squad was Fred Bear, but we got a couple injuries there during the friendlies, and we're playing boys. Boys are playing, and we're going into this game tomorrow. Usually, we go into these final Champions League qualifiers because we actually win the league, and we're already a mess. We're playing a good team at a very early stage this season, and we're in a worse nick. He got my hopes up when he said Fred Bear there. I thought it was a guy called Fred that he signed that I'd missed. <laughs> Do you know what's really weird? It's like, as we've already said, this is the first time we've recorded in the same room together for over oh, a year. We're back, baby. We're absolutely back. What's very, very weird is I'm now completely unused to 
beginning to talk and having people look at me. Mm, so when yeah. I start talking, the two of you look at me and I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I'm look like, like those wee things in the, for the grab machine for Toy Story. It's very alien. I'm sure we'll, we'll get back to it. These are, these are always difficult. The first, the first couple of episodes mm. of the season. Well, this is basically pre-season for us, isn't it? It's, yeah. about, it's about getting minutes in the legs. So minutes into the headphones. <laughs> firing in all syllables. Do you think, um, do you think Ange Postacoglu is looking forward to the prospect of playing Anthony Ralston at right back? Um, on, as part of the Patreon, and if you don't know, Everything you see here, all this new stuff and all the new equipment and the, the video camera that we're recording on and the ability to put this on YouTube and turn it into something else is all supported by our patrons. Um, if you like what we do and you like the flagship podcast and you would like some more content from us, full Celtic coverage before, after the games, Celtic history, a whole load of stuff, it's all available on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. I should do a better pitch. I'll work on a better pitch for next week. <laughs> patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims if you want to support us. Um, and part of that, that Ryan has written a predicted 11, um, right. which will go up by the time you hear this podcast. He's written a predicted 11 for the Midtieland game. Ryan has written it right back. Anthony Ralston, Jesus wept, <laughs> is, is how right. he's begun his Anthony Ralston description. This right back thing is another position of real concern. Maybe the worst. Maybe the worst. Well, the, I, I feel like I'm farting on about this every season now with Celtic, but it's the fullback position in modern football is absolutely critical. Yep. And I feel like Celtic are just just never get it right. Yes, we we fluked it with Kieran Tierney, managed to develop a genuinely top class player in Kieran Tierney, and had him for a few seasons. But ever since, Lustig as well, right? Lustig we had Lustig for a long time, and he was a very very good right back. But since then, it's been a, a kind of hodgepodge of a bit of this, a bit of that. Frimpong was a good player, had to be sold for the, mo- the amount of money that was offered. Fine, I understand that. But ever since then, it's been, we've had absolutely nothing. I don't even want to mention the, the likes of like John Joe Kenny and Jesus. Jeremy Tolian and all that, right? We've had that. But it's even even looking at the Euros, right, the Euros that have just happened there, you look at some of the outstanding players in it, the two teams that got to the final for a start, Italy's, I mean, they had a few standouts, but one yeah. of their best players, their breakout player, was that Spinazzola. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely crucial to the way they played. Luke Shaw was a revelation for England as well. Scored in the final. Even it was absolutely great. Mihaila that played for Denmark. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. There was a lot of great fullbacks in it. Even England's goal in the final was Kieran Trippier crossing to Luke Shaw and he scored. Fullbacks had everything. And it, Even I, what we know about the way Ange Postacoglu likes yeah. to play. Even yeah, what exactly. we've spoken about with the, the various scouting pods and analysis that we've done on him for the Patreon. Couldn't yeah. be clearer. Yeah, and it's it's the example I use every season now as well. Look at Man City. If we, you know, Man City are a team that come up a lot on the podcast because I think, despite the fact that they're a kind of soulless entity owned by dodgy people, mm. in a footballing sense, they've got a lot right and they've got a lot to yeah. try and emulate, in my opinion, regardless of what you think of the club. They spend fortunes trying to sort out their fullback positions. They throw fortunes at it every season. They finally get Cancelo, they've got Kyle Walker. Not, that is a position of key importance, but Celtic just seem to just throw anything at it. Mm-hmm. Any old whoever are you right footed, right? You can play there for a few games and the qualifiers will somehow try and muddle through. We've got Beaton at centre half, he's the he's the key guy in there. Got, I mean, I don't want to be unkind to Greg Taylor, but he is now if the defence against Preston North End is in to go by. Greg Taylor is now the senior pro in Celtic's defence with about 50 appearances under his belt. Well, this is the thing. See, if you look at our, our lineup, right, a defence, or, or, or through the team, all through the team, how many players are going to be Ange Postacoglu's first pick, right? Mm. So we start at the back, Barkas. Still not clear whether he's his first pick because mm. he's he, yeah. he's played a lot of minutes pre-season, but so has Bain. Anthony Ralston, definitely not. It no. could not be his no, first no. pick. Stephen Welsh, near Bitton. 
No, no, no. Neither of them are first pick. In fact, neither of them should be first pick for different reasons. Even then, Beaton's played 45 minutes in the pre-season friendlies mm. out of four games and he's going to be thrown in there probably unless Urahidi plays. Greg Taylor, definitely not first choice, right? Cal McGregor, David Turnbull, accepted. Yeah, great. Have to be. Yeah. Right wing, Ryan Christie. It, I mean, might not be first choice come the start of the season. Ryan Christie's yeah, another might not one. Be here. Yeah, agitating for a move. Leah Labada just in the door. Time will tell whether or not he's going to be first choice. And Odson Edward, another guy who might not be first choice come the beginning of the season. You missed no. out Sorrow, I think, as well. Oh, we did miss out Sorrow, you're quite right. And again, Sorrow for me is a position that we right. could improve upon. Definitely. Oh, what's going on? What is going on? It's all just taking too long, isn't it? And it's the same thing we see every year, but. I get the fact that these games come a bit earlier and as Stephen said there was a Euros on we need to do things earlier so do it earlier don't yeah. use that as an excuse get the players in because you're, you're, you're immediately tying your manager's hands behind your back now going into this season because of the rebuild because of the upheaval I never thought Celtic would qualify for the Champions League because the path is so hard as we've seen today with the draw as well but Mitchelland are the hardest team we could get but we haven't given Ange a chance we haven't given her a chance Chris Sutton said it on Saturday on Premier Sport he's a manager he's not a miracle worker mm. he cannot keep doing this to managers it's not fair Brendan Rodgers managed it because he was an exceptional manager and he inherited the best squad out of them all probably but with this squad, you thought, look, Celtic need to bring him in at least three players that will start. And as you said, none of them they brought in so far might start tomorrow. And we're going to be playing with young boys. That defence, we, we, we joke about it, but Greg Taylor isn't an Ange Postacoglu player from what mm. I see. Anthony Ralston, for all he tries his heart out, he shouldn't be there anyway, no. but it's a numbers game. We had to give him a contract, mm. the same with Lee Griffiths. And even going into the midfield, McGregor and Tumble look look great they could flourish under Postacoglu but you're still looking at that going we need a solid defensive midfielder we maybe got the wingers and even up front Edward if he goes we need somebody up there with a Yeti to either push him on or be the main man up front so we're still looking at maybe brought in what five six players we need another four probably yeah, it's one of these ones Stephen you're looking at Celtic's transfer business and you're thinking how does this come about so Ange Postacoglu comes in desperately need players Anthony Ralston need to give him a new contract we don't have a right back just now and he's about to walk out the door red flag Lee Griffiths need to give him a new contract uh, Edward's about to walk out the door we don't know what's happening with Albina Yeti whether he wants to stick about so there's a red flag you give, give Lee Griffiths a new contract sign a couple of youngsters for the cross border thing right fair enough we do that every year you don't need to be a genius to work out that's a smart thing to do yeah. Abada comes in a do do that hand special yeah. we need a well, let's speak do do who have you got in Israel that you can hook us up with there's this winger he's no bad three and a half million quid a by the way money. a lot of money for a guy who having a quick look at him looks just okay he looks just okay yeah. and, then, and then we're bringing in Furuhashi who looks like a really exciting yeah. prospect yeah. we'll talk about him Furuhashi looks like an exciting prospect tremendous J-League player one of the best players in J-League but that's somebody that Andrew already knew Yeah. so yeah. That, Why you, you can almost picture you can almost picture the, 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 the transfer meeting right right who do we know get your phone out get your phone and who do you know or let me phone my pal back in Japan or I've, I've still got Peter gave me do do the hands number let me get on the phone to it's like a mad right we better give two contracts to Griffiths and it's like a mad scramble the, you can picture it in your head you can and the thing is see the players we've brought in I'm happy with them all they're all good but it's too late even Carl Starfelt right fair enough that'll, that'll, be, a good, that'll be the centre half but it's three weeks too late because he's mm. not even going to get a friendly match in before the season starts by the looks of it the same with Furuhashi and when you're looking at this yes Celtic have brought in a new manager they've got in Don Mackay 
But it's the same avenues we're going down. Mm. Celtic's problem over the last three, four years has been recruitment. I haven't seen an influx of new people coming in that's doing this recruitment. It's going to be the same yeah. people that identified people last year and the season before. And all of a sudden, when we're in this rebuild, we need every one of these players to be decent or very good. Mm. But the same guys are, are bringing them up. So it is a worry. And look, it's not fair on... Andrews, obviously, I think he's the one that's put forward Furuhashi, fair enough. But Abada, okay, the guys from Sheffield Wednesday were probably on the radar before Starfelt. Looks like he might be one of Andrews' guys. But you're giving him these guys, but at the same time, you're still very wary because of who who's... I mean, well, Liam Shaw was a done deal in yeah. January. He was a, he was yeah. a pre-contract. He looks decent. Yes, he, he looks like a decent player. But again, I don't, he doesn't strike me as someone that's going to start every game. In fact, Soro got more minutes than him in pre-season, I think, and that probably gives you an indication. Furuhashi, on Furuhashi, he says he's a player of real quality, said Ange. I think he will add something special to our squad and a, and someone that the fans will excite. Yeah. Um, Melia, I'm, I am always encouraged when we sign someone in the mould of this guy. So, and you can always tell by the reaction of the, the, the current fans, the teams that he's got over there in Kobe, they're going absolutely mental about this. There's all these um, journalists, rather, I was about to say internationals, there's all these journalists and all that talking about Japanese football, saying this guy's going to light up the Scottish League. Yeah. From what I've seen from the YouTube videos, and we're going to get him scouted, obviously, is it something we do for Patreon? It looks like he's going to piss it up here, Stephen. Well, one would certainly hope so, but to me, I think it's just about shirt sales. And <laughs> <laughs> it's about uh, cornering that untapped Japanese market. See that, see that part of it? It's every time there's like a Japanese player, it's bordering on slightly dodgy. Would you, think, well, you think like the, I think people are still get. Um, remember, like David Beckham was a sensation in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I think people still think that might be the like the Japanese <laughs> attitude to to football that everyone. Yeah. Now shirt sales do work, right? Because famously Juventus paid for the Ronaldo transfer with shirt sales, but that's Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. All you need to be is one of the the world's most famous people and, yeah. and the shirts will fly off the shelves. I, I'm, I'm only, only bring it up jokingly, of course, but I think that I, I do get it, right? If you want to sort of broaden your appeal in other markets, fine, but you do not sign players purely so you no. can sell shirts. No. That's, that's absurd. You're, I mean, Japanese people aren't, they're not going to rush out and buy shirts just because we've signed any Japanese person. He has to be quite good at football for him to capture the imagination. Fourteen goals in twenty games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it looks like a star. And we, again, we have all seen the, the YouTube clips going around. You don't get that kind of send off that he got from the fans and their players if you're just some random nobody. Now mm. these might be famous last words, and he might turn it to be a complete flop. But I can't see it. If you've got guys like Iniesta talking him up, that is of some. Note, surely. Yeah. I mean that that goes some kind of some kind of way. I know we've in the past we've had Henrik the chat that Henrik Larson recommended Bangura and yeah. Pierre Van Hoydonk talked up Nadia Chifje because it was his client and all that. So it's it's not an absolute guaranteed seal of quality if a amazing player talks you up. But at the same time, Andres Iniesta is one of the guys I'm perfectly willing to to listen to. So yeah, it seems like a positive signing. If I if I could, I'm going to offer a kind of devil's advocate a dick advocate if you mm. will on the the signings thing you know i'm not i'm not excusing celtic but it is a very difficult position they're in every year because see, see when we talk about do do dahan that is whether we like it or not that's the way a lot of football yeah. business gets yeah. done right yeah, is, we, yeah. we have relationships with they usually with agents. good players but <laughs> yeah but th that's my point if you've got no george mendez <laughs> <laughs> exactly see if you pick up the phone to george mendez uh, in, in May, trying to get a, a transfer done, he will be 
I mean, he'll try to get his clients' attention while they're floating on a lilo with a cocktail in their hands, right? You're trying to paddle in the lilo to give them the phone, the sale ticker on the phone. You wouldn't be doing your job as an agent if you weren't to say to that player, look, right, Celtic want to sign you right now. They want to pitch you into pre-season in, the, in June and we'll get qualifiers around the corner. But see if you wait a few weeks, hmm. West Ham might come in for you and you yeah. might get three times the money. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying Celtic are without fault here but I'm just offering a kind of alternative view on what it must be like to try and attract a player of a certain level at this stage in the summer I don't think it's probably as easy as we'd like to think but you know it's I'm sure there are we don't have to go for players who are playing in the Euros or who play in the Premier League yeah. or you know, League in or anything like that there, there must be quality out there it just feels like I mean I, I well, can only go a good enough job looking for it I, no. I think that's what it is I don't think it's it. see on Furuhashi a I was reading up on him and look, he, he's been scouted for years but one of the things that kept him at Kobe was Podolski came in he thought he could learn from him mm. David Villa came in one of my favourite players he thought he could learn from him Iniesta came in and then they got into the Asian Champions League so there's been stuff keeping him there but PSV teams from Belgium uh, other teams in the Netherlands have been watching this guy mm. but Celtic have stole a march here and got in there early but we but, paid 4 million for him but yeah. we let him play another game but you, you don't want to fall out with the, you don't want to fall out with his team because you don't want it in that Kobe beef <laughs> 100% worth it there that was absolutely could worth it could see him winding that one up there could you how's that <laughs> <laughs> so we've sort of stolen a march there and got in there early but this is why you can well, I get what Stephen's saying. You can do things early because see with Eddie Howe thing, mm. we should have been, right, you've got a deadline here and if we've no met it, we have to move on. But Celtic don't. They seem to have Eddie Howe and these list of players and if that goes wrong, there's no backup yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, no we, backup plan. I mean, it remains to be seen. We might be flooded with incoming players. Yeah. And, you know, losing to Mittyland is not the end of the world. I think we're all pretty realistic about our chances yeah. against Mittyland here. They're a decent team, Melly. There's some decent results last season in Europe. Yeah, they did. They got into the Champions League, which is better than us over the past three seasons. They had a poor start, but they found a form and they drew two games in a very hard group that contained Liverpool and uh, Atlanta. It was a very interesting group. Every team in it was decent and had their own style of football, so it was interesting to watch. And they sort of fared their own, but they did lose the league last season. They lost to Bronby, mm-hmm. which... They're a decent team, but Mitchell and have always been up there. And out of all the draws, it was the hardest one. But we seem to be making it harder for ourselves, don't we? There's no away goals, so there's that. Mm. So we can we can maybe that'll work in our favour. But you're looking at the last two friendlies, we haven't scored. No. No. We haven't scored and we're looking at that defence. The only real position of strength we have is in midfield. So we're going to need to be relying on Turnbull and Callum McGregor but if anything will happen to those two we're Fred Bear underneath that as well It's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Stephen, if we lose to Mithyland, or if we beat Mithyland, rather, we get Europa League football no matter what. Um, but we're awaiting for is it the other side of that ties PSV or Galatasaray, <laughs> two very difficult ones. If we lose, we're going to play uh, Jablonek. Is that, is that ja- yeah, something ja- like that, Jablonek. Yeah. That's how we pronounce that for to qualify for the Europa League, and then fail in that we end up in the UEFA Uf- Conference League or some such thing. Playing a team from the Czech Republic, what could go wrong, <laughs> there, know. lads? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean the the news today. Obviously, I was I was starting to feel a certain kind of way again about Mutiland. I've been kind of ambivalent towards Champions League qualification all along. I thought we might have a decent chance against Mutiland. I don't think they're as good as maybe we're making out. No. They are to be. It's more about the state respected. of us, yeah, a hundred percent. That's exactly my point. It's like now that we may or may not beat Mutiland, but it's. I, I realise the, the pronunciation of Mutiland mm. is kind of oscillating a little yeah. bit when I'm saying that. I think I've I had about three different <laughs> versions here. But if we come up against Mutiland and we're maybe evenly matched, but I feel like with the announcement today, with the draw that's been made, I feel like it might be fairly academic, to be honest. Yeah. If Galatasaray and PSV are much better than than anything we're likely to come up against in, in this stage of any other season, given the route we've got, I would be worried about Celtic's chances if we were playing against PSV or Galatasaray in a group. Never mm-hmm. mind yeah. never mind yeah. this form of Celtic. Celtic in this current state, I, I, I would be deeply worried about At that. At what point do we judge Ange then? At what point do you judge him if he loses against Mittyland, right? He, he, I, I've, got, I've got the sense that there's almost a free pass for Ange Postacoglu mm, in this g- uh, for, for this game. Yeah. So I get the sense that there's maybe a free pass. Do you agree with that? You think he should get a free pass? I agree with that because when you look at that squad, as you said, nobody could, nobody, none of the new signs could start. It's not his players. It's not even like Neil Lennon players really either. It's mm. guys that have before that, guys that have stuck around, and it's not a good squad. What I would say is he gets the Michelin game a free pass, and look, it's not an, it's not a definite loss. Michelin are in a bad way as well. Their main striker has went on strike yeah. because he wants to seal a move. They've got one of their better players moving to Brentford. They've got another two players who have, one of them's Australian. He is homesick, so he's back there. And they've got another player who's not going to be available. He's refusing to play. So they've got four of their main starters out. That should be a, a great, and Sechenko's a captain and he's rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> We did identify him like Ange's that high. <laughs> but uh, with Ange, I think we give him a free pass in this game. If he can get through it, maybe he is the miracle worker, but mm. we have to get into the Europa League group stages. But I think with the, the turnaround in the squad, we're going to have to get to the end of August, see what we can do with the squad and then into September before I can properly judge him. And I think... 
most people will do the same because we've seen how terrible this squad is. We've seen the state the Celtic have been this summer. It's been laughable. You're kind of half joking. You say, we'll probably do this. Mm. We're sitting in the reality here today, the 19th of July, and we haven't brought in one player who's definitely going to be a first-team starter. Does um, Europa League qualification, Stephen, make that Europa League group represent good a good result for a team in such a mess and is in such a state of flux yeah. with a brand new manager that the Celtic have got. Uh, well, because there's no worse than we've done in recent years. No, yeah. you're you're right, and purely on the the current circumstances, not existing in a vacuum and all that. I think what we're looking at right now, any kind of European competition after a certain early point would represent something of a success. I, I don't I don't think we need to get into the Champions League. It would be really nice. That's the that's the standard by which we judge Celtic mm. at all times. But I think we need to be realistic. I think we need to look at that team. And I, I honestly, we did the, Mel and I did the reaction to the Preston North End game. And we just, we talked about the state of that team. Now, the, the lineup that goes out against Midtjylland can only pleasantly surprise me. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing yeah. that can possibly happen after the Preston game. But I don't, again, I don't want to focus on the negatives of the players, but I need to be realistic. I look across that defence, which looks... A shambles. There's no getting away from it. We do this every year, and yeah. I think I'm not in any way judging any of the merits of these individual players. Like guys like Urigidi and, and Stephen Welsh are still developing players. Ralston, I don't think, is still developing, but I look at that, and I think that might be the least prepared defence we've ever put out yeah, in a Champions definitely. League qualifier. Here's the thing, though. We've got Chris Julian's injured, but we've got Christopher Ayer still employed by Celtic. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing, right? Still paid by the club. Christopher Ayer, you know, he, he wants to leave. He's been bumping his gums to MD that will listen to him. The now MD with any reach, any influence at all, he's been letting these people know that he wants to leave Glasgow. But at the end of the day, he's employed by Celtic. Celtic have been really good to Christopher Ayer, given new contracts, a lot of money, developed him into the player he is. If Fans Postacoglu turns to Christopher Ayer and goes, Chris, I need you. I need you on Tuesday night. I need you to turn out. I mean, I'm ex- I mean, me as a Celtic fan, I'm expecting to see Christopher. We're just assuming he's not going to play. Well, he's not in the squad, so that's. Well, of course, the squad was announced today, wasn't it? And he didn't even make that to me. Is, that's a disgrace. Yeah. That's unacceptable yeah, yeah. for me. Is is Christopher just down in tools here because he's not getting the movie he wants? It works both ways. We can moan about Celtic not going and paying the money, but we've seen in the past if you just go and pay any money, and you accept any money. That's not really how transfers work. No. You try to get the best deal for yourself in buying and selling. That's exactly what Celtic are trying to do. If Christopher Ayer wants to leave, that's fine. But Celtic don't have to accept the first offer. No. They don't have to accept the second offer. If Celtic get offered £13 million, okay. But how does that break down? I don't want to get into the whole structure of it. But if that's over four years and with plenty of incentives, Celtic are well within their right to reject any offer oh, totally. for Christopher Ayer and get the best deal for themselves. Because you can bet your bottom dollar Christopher Ayer will want the best deal for yeah. himself. And, and and the Celtic fans have put up with Christopher Ayer. They've given him time to develop. The Celtic have given him time to develop as well. And, you know, just to see that he's moralised down in tools, more, is, leaves quite a bit of taste. I mean... I, I, I am very reluctant there's a, there's a thing going on now I've noticed especially on social media and all that where people start their opinions by okay Celtic are bad so how does that square the circle around to Celtic being bad right yeah, yeah. now that's sort of happened with Christopher Ayer but for me Christopher Ayer's entirely in the wrong here yeah it depends well, no wait a minute it doesn't depend right but what, I'm, what I mean is we're not privy to what exactly Christopher Ayer has been promised and I said earlier that he's probably been told well, as 
early as last year that he can go. Mm. Right, as soon as we've sealed the tent, secured the tent, it'll be brilliant. We'll have parades in the street and all that. You'll be out the door by May. Like first, yeah. first decent offer we get for you within reason. Nobody will be so May, but No, no. Well, May, May's just an example. But I, I, what I mean by that is that you're not going to end up being pitched any qualifiers the next season. Right? Mm. It depends on that. But w- where I draw the line is that these, I mean, transfers are, you know, they're pretty nebulous things, right? Things are always happening. Things are always falling through. How many transfers have you heard about over the years that just fall through for whatever mm. reason, yeah. right? So things develop, deals are withdrawn, bids are rejected. Things change all the time. You have to, you have to adjust to that. If you're not being sold right at this minute, well, Tough shit. You know One thing this? we certainly didn't say to Chris Farrell was no matter what happens, no matter who comes in for you, no matter how much we bid, we'll let them go. We'll let no, you go. No. Certainly didn't say that. And Ange Postacoglu said in the first Funny couple of weeks. Imagine they did. <laughs> that new one he's pissed That up. was a Neil Lennon <laughs> promise. Do you know what? You fucking. When he was big, some big argument, Neil Lennon went, first good offer, you're out the door. And then Chris has went, well, I'm holding you to that. It's almost a moot point now. The guy's decided he's never going to play for Celtic again. And Cham's another one. He wasn't included in the squad, was he? It looks like no. he's he's on his way out the door. I'm fine with that. And Cham's not kicked the ball for Celtic nah. for the best part of two years now. Griffiths in though, every cloud. <laughs> yes, there we go. In. You're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? <laughs> but, I mean, Ayer would have been absolutely crucial to this. And and, and I get it, right? It's, it's complicated. He probably wants at the door and doesn't want to be pitched into qualifiers. Right? I understand that. It's, it's, it's complicated, these things. But... We need somebody there because again, I'd I find myself circling back to it again. But I look at that defence and I just I'm extremely worried about it. Given the run around the other night by Chad Evans, and I know it's only a friendly, but it's a recurring theme we've seen for two seasons now. Anyone who is, it's not like a top quality striker. We're not talking about I don't know Diego Costa or something mm. like that. Or Edison. still available on a free? Yeah, well, get him in, <laughs> get him in, or Mackay out. It's not Edison Cavani. It's none of these guys. It's just any type of physical striker. And Celtic's defence just falls to bits. Yeah, just yeah. given the runaround by any kind of decent, solid target man. And it happened again the other night. Uh, uh, Melly, you said that. We could have recorded this podcast at any time of last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, just it's it's so frustrating. It. But it's, Melly, you mentioned that their strikers going on, on strike, but they, they did lose at the weekend. Yeah, they did. Friday. I did. I noticed that um, Sisto scored against them. And I remember him for two things. One, he scored against Man United couple of seasons ago and to the thong song oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah oh that was the nearly snuck that nearly snuck under the radar there just see looking at that Celtic defence that will likely play tomorrow it's Ralston Beaton Welsh and Taylor hmm. see by the end of this transfer window I expect none of them to be starters for Celtic no. I expect a right back and left back to be brought in Carl Starfelt as well and probably if Julian's fit by then he'll be the main man Stephen Welsh is the only one I can say but fair enough if he plays but you'd want somebody I'm like, better. I, I, I want, want Stephen Welsh better. to be like fourth choice centre half um, well, yeah, I would probably. take Christopher Julian Starfield if he's come in one more and then Stephen Welsh that, that, that's the way I would want my, my centre half lining up. I, I mean, how many games has he played? 22 games for us or something? Professional games? It's mental that he's even in the it's discussion. Maybe, it's maybe not even that with Welsh. It's, is it terribly unkind of me as well to say that, you know, Welsh, Welsh did a, a decent job last season, but his main strength is that he's not Shane Duffy. That, yeah. that was his main thing. I think he was all right, but we talk he's about not red made flags. made any mistakes, has he? No, no. I think he was pitched in against Rangers and AC Milan and, and was maybe found a wee bit wanting, but that wasn't his fault. But, we talk about red flags and contracts being issued. Ralph's thing at one year, Griffiths got one year. But we gave Stephen Welsh a four-year contract, and I just I, it's, it's probably pennies. I mean, it's probably relative buttons. I mean, but see the same point. We when going back away, we lost Lee Miller, who was a good player because he wasn't in a contract. What? Where's the line then? Yeah. Do you give him mm-hmm. a two-year contract, then lose him if he's really good, or do you tie him down 
on a decent deal because look as well, we I probably see, weren't in the best negotiating position agents, his agent went my client was four years exactly. I don't know if you get if you want to tie these young players down it, it does make him a bit difficult like Tony Ralston if he wants to go he's on a better wage four's but, kind of the standard for Celtic now isn't it four yeah. gives you the four basically gives you two years of the player and then the option to sell him in the third year before before you get into this situation plus I've got no problem with the fact that if we have Julian and Starfelt as our say, two centre halves, and Christopher uh, and Stephen Welsh is the guy underneath that, that's fine. That's what you want from your youth development. That's what you want. You want to bring in yeah. guys who are either first team starters or who are good squad players that can be relied upon. Stephen Welsh was a kind of shining light in a bad season, but I'd quite like to see him in a good team because he doesn't make many mistakes for me. He's fine, but I don't think he's going to be any better than that. He'll be like a Stephen McManus just. Maybe a Steve McManus light, maybe a Darno D, somebody that can come in, do a job and go out when the main guys are there. Speaking of academy players, Celtic, I've got a new captain, former academy player, joined the club when he was 11 years old, Callum McGregor, Celtic's 22nd captain, up there with the likes of Kennedy Gleish, Jockstein, Paul Lambert. Stephen Presley for a game. Stephen <laughs> Presley, <laughs> Neil Lennon, Scott Brown. Um, it's, it's an important role. Like The Celtic captain, I think, is a really... I know, like captain saying football is a bit, it's a bit duff sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit duff of a duff, yeah. you know, prospect who's who's a captain, but it's a prestigious thing to have and a lot of responsibility and a lot of weight comes with being Celtic captain, especially continuing. Don't need to even talk about last season. We know how bad last season was, but especially continuing the tradition of keeping the standards up, keeping the winning mentality going. Not to mention being the manager's guy on the field. I can't think of a better player no. that fulfills the role of Celtic captain. Big surprise that he got it. Big surprise it was a toss-up between him and Lee Griffiths. I think Lee <laughs> Griffiths has got vice-captain. <laughs> Teehee works on, works on a number of uh, levels. Yeah, he certainly does. I. <laughs> yeah, he's the ideal man for me. I think I think the captain's the, the shouty guy is a thing of the past, isn't it? But yeah. from what I look for in a Celtic captain... Not ideal, but he's came through the youth. He knows exactly what it takes. He's won many a trophy. He's learned from Scott Brown over the years. And the most important thing for me is, and you heard that a lot in these friendly games, the way the games were set up in Wales and that, he dictates the game. He's mm. talking to everybody. He just seems to be the guy that's taken over from Scott Brown. When we spoke to Liam Shaw in the press conference, he said, Cal McGregor's the man that sets the standards. He's at a good age now. He's 28 years old, where he's at the peak of his career. He's probably realised Celtic's where it's going to be for him. And I think he's settled into it. And I think he's the ideal guy. I'll get, I get the fact that maybe some people might think he might not be one of those guys that can get you going but mm. I think he is I think when you look at Cal McGregor you see a guy that gives you at least a 7 out of 10 every week Yeah. so that's the standard and then he sets the standards he's constantly talking but the main thing for me is if you're looking at that, any Celtic lineup throughout that squad if there's a guy that will take the ball off you when you're in trouble it will be Cal McGregor mm, yeah. you will give him the ball and he'll take the brunt of it he'll try and find somewhere to go with it and that's what you need somebody that's going to bail you out and Cal McGregor another thing man. I've liked to Cal McGregor Stephen is two things one when the team was playing shite last season under Neil Lennon it wasn't he shine letting people know no. when he let them he goes we're, we're disjointed as everything we yeah. don't know there was that which really impressed me also even some of this preseason stuff under Ranch, he's talking about you know the manager systems, the rotations he's trying to play. It's up to us to me. So he knows the game. You can tell he's yeah. an intelligent footballer. But he also, for me, strikes me, and this is the most important thing for me for a Celtic captain is somebody that understands what it is. It sounds cliche. 
but you you need to understand what it is to play for Celtic. You need to understand the standards that are required to win. And he's only, I mean, he's a young guy. He's signed a five-year contract, I think, up until 2024. The amount of stuff he's won, the amount of games trophies. he's played, 15 yeah. trophies, got his debut under Ronnie Dyla, went away on loan to Notts County for a season where he played uh, Euro 2020 star Jack Grealish. <laughs> yeah. um, he's, he's the ideal guy, but for me, the most important, the key attribute is he knows what it takes. He's got the standards. Oh, yeah. And more possibly more important than that, in my opinion, is that he's a, a cracking player. He's yeah. an absolute Aye. top Top, I mean, top top classes maybe stretching it because that's you know, like Marco Verratti and all that, right? Okay, but but Cal McGregor and Celtic, he's as good as Celtic. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's as good as this as the bums in this league are ever going to see. <laughs> exactly. In Celtic terms, he is he is a top class player. I've I've not got any concerns over this part about how he's not he doesn't shout at people and he doesn't like drive the team on. He you don't know that. You well, don't. You yeah. might not do that. But you're saying you, I'm not saying you don't know that. Yeah. What I'm saying is people do say, oh, he doesn't shout. You need to be. You, you don't know what happens in the gets in the training no, I, when it gets in the the, the changing room at half time. Even at that, there are there are different types of captain. Like Scott Brown had absolutely busting out of every pore of of him. That mm. that's not really the norm. You don't look across other major European clubs and find a guy like that. That was not unique to Scott Brown, but it was very Scott Brown. If yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are different ways to lead by example. And one of them has been the type of player, that, the type of very, very consistent player that Callum McGregor is. He, he didn't have a good season last season, of course not, but now that added responsibility now, it's his midfield. He's the main guy in there. Mm. I think he'll flourish. He's done it before. We've had periods during which Scott Brown wasn't available or he'd fallen out of favour a little bit and Callum McGregor either anchored the midfield or played a slightly different role and he was absolutely fine. He was he, he thrived in it, if anything. It's interesting what you would say you should say there, Melly, about how he's the type of guy who will always be available to to be passed to. He's the guy that will bail you out because I'm I'm actually currently reading Ange Postecoglou's book. Oh, uh, Check a big yeah. brain. Check a big brain on Arbuckle. I read, read, read a book a week, so. Uh, but I, I'm actually reading it, and that that actually stood out to me. There's he, he addressed that cliche that you often find with football ever since the Barcelona days, their their mm. peak under Pep Guardiola. The cliche is often that oh, we want to play like Barcelona. We want to have that free flowing football, and right, it's it's very it's easier said than done. And I've often thought I've been guilty in the past of thinking, well, it's easy to say that or it's easy to be Barcelona when you've got three of the, the probably the top four players in the world mm. all playing at the same time. But Ange Postecoglou actually disagrees with that. He disagrees directly with that. He says it's not about having the best players in the world. If you don't have the best players, simplify it, make the passes shorter and easier, work harder for yeah. your teammates. Mm. It, it was It's all very simple stuff, but it's something that hadn't really occurred to me before. Make angles for your teammates. You don't have to be an Iesta if you're working extra hard for your teammates. And he mainly cites the the ability for everyone to buy into what they're trying to do and the togetherness on the pitch mm. that will have a team playing like a sort of proto-Barcelona. Again, you don't you don't have any yesterday, you don't have Danny Alves, you don't have Messi in your team. But that doesn't mean you can't try and emulate that by working hard for your your teammates. And and the thing for me about Cal McGregor is he's twenty eight now. He's obviously the rumours about him wanting to leave a couple of seasons ago. They were rife. You know, there's been a couple of times yeah. when Cal McGregor's wanted to leave. There's probably opportunities. If Cal McGregor picked up the phone to his agent this summer and says, Look, I'm trying to get a move, he would get a lot of good clubs. Yeah. He's he's going to be precious about his career. So to sign on and become Celtic captains, it's not the sort of thing you just do for a season and then no. leave. So, so I'm wondering if he's maybe had assurances. I don't think Callum McGregor is the sort of guy who's going to be shy and going to the manager, going to the CEO and saying, no. this is what I need here. Yeah. This is what I had under Brendan Rodgers. This is how this club thrived. 
this is the standards you need to keep players like me and bring players in in my standard. And I think that's so important, especially, I mean, especially the way things have been going with Celtic yeah. the last couple of seasons and this chip, chip, chip in the way at this standard. If you've got guys about who are expecting and who are used to a certain standard, these guys are not going to sign on and watch it crumble around them. I just don't see it. Well, well, we've seen that with the manager as well today, coming out and saying that. I mean, a month into the job and he's coming out and saying we're taking too long to do things. Him and Cal McGregor will speak about this stuff and want to get it sorted. The talks about how he's going to... He, Ange Postacoglu had to sell this to Cal McGregor as well, didn't mm. he? McGregor probably had to sell himself to Ange Postacoglu and his performances. And he's done that in pre-season. He's been great. It was great for Scotland. He looks a bit revitalised under Postacoglu. But the two of them will be talking every day. And look, he was a disciple of Brendan Rodgers. He knows what it takes to win at Celtic. And he knows it's not good enough currently. So it's going to be up to the, the board to get the two of them what they need. It's actually an interesting angle. I, having given that that speech there about Ange Postacoglu's philosophy, his beliefs on on that style of football, you could take that one of two ways. I hope Don Mackay isn't reading the book as well and is saying, like, says here, chapter three, you can play like Barcelona with any old shape. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not about having the best players. You can do it with anyone. So noted. So we know we've got Callum McGregor committed to the club for the summer. James Forrest, I think he's self-isolating or back to training or mm. something like that. Anyway, he was identified as a close contact. He's committed to the club. The transfer window closes at the end of August. It does what, sorry, Jimmy? It slams shut <laughs> at the end of August. I think we've got a fair idea of who's going to be leaving. We kind of yeah. know already who's going to be leaving. We kind of know where we need to strengthen, what positions we need to strengthen. And it's just another case of it's all come too soon for Celtic. And we're still sowing the seeds, or we're still reaping, rather, well, the seeds that we sowed mm -hmm. uh, of last season. You know, all this stuff seems to be having a knock-on effect. Keeping guys from last season seems to be affecting us now. It's all knocking on. Um, we're heading into Mittyland tomorrow, Melly. I know that's not how you pronounce it. I just want you to sum up, just to end the podcast, how confident are you? And you can even stick a wee prediction on the end if you fancy it. Uh, oh, before we do that, hey... No fixes here, but you guys won the ballot. We did, yeah. No, two out no. of the three of us are going to the game tomorrow. We, we quote, and I'm doing big air quotes here, won the ballot, thanks Don McKay, because he acknowledges <laughs> that fan media is more important than the normal fans, so he, so he, he punted us a couple of tickets. Yeah, so he should. <laughs> we joking, by the way. Just remember where your club ties. It's going to be Scotchville tomorrow. Oh, yes. It's going to be someday back to Celtic Park. I think, how many people are going to be there? 9,000? Yeah, it's going yep. to be weird. It's going to be a weird. It's going to be a weird situation. It's going to be a weird scenario. But there is a game of football to be played, Melly. Final thoughts on Mertelland tomorrow. Give me a prediction. Very looking forward to going to the game. Not so much the game. I think Celtic, we've all spoken about it, wildly underprepared. I think I've never been less confident of Celtic in a Champions League mm. qualifying game. One each at a, a, a prayer. One each at a prayer, Stephen. <laughs> no, I'd, unfortunately, I have to largely agree with that. I'm not confident at all. I'm actually quite nervous about it. Now, as I said earlier, I don't think Midtjylland are any great cracks or mm. anything like that. They're not like a top-class European team. It, this is purely, purely boils down to everything we've already said tonight about how you know, undercooked Celtic are and the, the, the state that we currently find ourselves in, the nick of the squad, the likely players. Now, as I said, I can only be pleasantly surprised. If I turn up and there are a few players in there that I didn't expect to play, Good. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's basically good. We might end up, I, don't, I mean, to be honest, I can't really put any names on that because it might only extend to quote-unquote seasoned pros. It might be guys like Bolingoli and Beaton and mm -hmm. all that. And I, I, how excited about that, I 
I can be, I don't know. But the alternative is it's a, a fairly unprepared we team. We forgot to mention Bowling Goalie. <laughs> we forgot to mention Bowling Goalie, the prodigal son. Um, I saw Celtic, some Celtic fans on Twitter, someone, one in particular, uh, saying that Bowling Goalie shouldn't be allowed to buy a shirt, <laughs> never mind wear a shirt. Um, he's been nicknamed Tim Crow, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephen, Bowling Goalie has sort of... Uh, He's had a bit of a renaissance, hasn't he? People, whilst he was, he came. You guys said he was rotten. We all agreed that Bowling Goalie was pretty rotten. He disappeared. Got some Champions League football, though. When you actually look into how much Champions League football he actually got, yeah. is debatable. How much he played, how many times? I think he was sub three out of the four games, and they lost about fifteen goals. You know, so I don't <laughs> think he's like a rock solid at the back of that defence. Now he's back. Do you see him? Do you see a return for Bowling Goalie? Could this be? Could tomorrow be the remaking of Bowling Bowling Goalie and Bombo? No. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, we're, it depends who. Do you know what he with. could be? He could be the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> right. See if Bowling Goalie stands out tomorrow. That's an indication of how bad the team has gotten. If the yeah. best player on the Celtic pitch, the best player on a Celtic shirt is Bowling Goalie, you look at that and go, Jesus, man. What, what if he doesn't start in that defence? Then it's. You like, oh, he can't even start in yeah. that defence if he mate. doesn't start in that defence he just needs to go yeah. he just needs to go well I said on our Patreon reaction the other night it's like he, he constantly makes me question myself and no I mean I'm not some font of knowledge I, I wouldn't say yeah. well I, I know I hey, we've been I, doing this for seven seasons <laughs> we know all there is to know I wouldn't say I know better than anyone else but he's one yes, of those guys who I, I say that off mic <laughs> like, he's one of these guys who I'm assured via a, a number of data enthusiasts and stat people and all that that is actually a good player I just can't make the connection I can't draw the line between these stats that show him as a good player and what he actually turns in on the yeah. pitch because to me he looks dreadful absolutely mm -hmm. terrible so I don't know what metrics are showing up that make him look good but I'm, I mean I'll give him a chance I'll, if he plays then fine but Gonna, it, it, it's about time he probably turned up and did something it's, it's, this will be season three of Bowling Ball and Golly won't it absolutely mental <laughs> look and on that bombshell I think this is a good place to wrap whoa 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 what? your predictions lad don't just <laughs> leave you're looking at me there like, oh, yes, I'll be a bit scared right um Prediction for tomorrow. Uh, you know what? You're going one one. I'm just going to. I'm going to start off first prediction season. I'm going to start off on a pause. I'm going to say Celtic are going to win two 0 Oh, two each, two each for me. I think. Yeah, I, I've. I'll again. If the lineup shows up and it's overwhelmingly positive, it blows my socks off. Then fine. But given the preparation we've had, I can't see anything better than a draw. I'll be pleasantly surprised if we do. But I'm going for a two two draw. Big couple of weeks for Celtic coming up is sure the right is. time to bring the flagship podcast back. This one is available as audio only, but from next week we will be producing this as live and glorious Technicolor HD available on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is 20 Minute Tims. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, Android, but you're listening to it. You know where to get it. So subscribe to the podcast if you want extra content from us and we'll do more. I'll do a better advert for the Patreon, <laughs> but people know yeah. it by now. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. And I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much to all yes. the listeners, but especially our patrons. Yeah. Last season was crap. It was really shite, but the amount of people that stuck with us on Patreon and we all helped each other through it and, and also the, the support that you guys gave this podcast has allowed us to completely invest in all new equipment, brand new studio, everything paid for. Thank you so much to the patrons for that. Yes. Yeah, and on that, if, the, if there's anything that sounds slightly different about this episode, we are trying to work through, yes. through a few yeah. things. We've got all new equipment, as I say, so thanks to the patrons for that, but we will get there eventually. We're, we're feeling our way through the, the new studio. Looks good. Looks, Looks good. I'm looking about here. Feels professional. I'm very sticky. It's very, very warm. <laughs> yeah. It's about 30-odd degrees outside. 
but we'll just have to deal with it when the winter comes we can all huddle up and cuddle each other get 20 minute Tim's fleeces and on that (laughs) thank you so much for listening a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.